Hello and welcome to episode three of the Non-Essential Entrepreneur. I'm Ego Wegbu. Yesterday, I had an amazing conversation with a good friend of mine uh, and fellow entrepreneur, Penny Indlela, CEO of Soul Traveler Tours. Now, um, her business has been severely affected by this pandemic and, um, you know, she's really taken the, the heavy a heavy hit same as my salon businesses we are completely closed and there's no telling when we will be reopening um i asked her how she was handling it i asked her how she was feeling and um apart from sharing her entrepreneurial journey and uh the practical steps that she's taken to um save her business in this time she also shared uh, her thoughts on being an entrepreneur and the spirit of an entrepreneur. Um, So I think it will be an excellent episode for you to listen to. Uh, So I suggest you sit down and uh, take a listen or drive your car or pluck your eyebrows, uh, whatever you need to do. But listen in. Cheers. Good morning, Penny. Good morning, Ego. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Wonderful. Great, great. So for our listeners this morning, Penny, would you please just introduce yourself and tell us what kind of business you're in? Okay, so um, my name is Penny Zena. I am the founder of a company called Soul Traveler Tours. And um, we are about connecting people to spaces um, and giving them context um, in their travel experience. So we are about connecting people to what's forgotten around them in their country specifically and connecting them to various cultures. It's primarily a group travel experience. So not only do you interact with the spaces around you, you also interact um, with the group and uh, that is part of the journey. Mm, wow. Yeah. Um, sounds beautiful. Sounds like a soul traveling experience. I love it. I've always loved your logo and your brand and, uh, and um, the travel experiences that you guys put together. Uh, but uh, in this new pandemic, what's happened to it? Well, um, a soul travel experience needs people. (laughs) And and now the people have been told to stay at home. So um, obviously we just cannot operate, um, not in the foreseeable future. So um, unfortunately, we have to look at ways to put the business on pause because what is a group travel company um, without people? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how's that making you feel, love? How's that making you feel? Horrific. Mm. It is. Um, it? it is. It's just, it's devastating to get to that realization because I think the process of the pandemic is that 
there's been a slow release of information. So it has kept one hopeful. So we first had planned 21 days, we can still recover. And then, you know, then that's extended by a further two weeks. Maybe you think, well, perhaps there's a possibility. And now we on, um, we've been given the various levels and realizing that we perhaps may be at level one. So um, the lockdown continues um, because people, um, you know, be looking at just integrating back to work, if those that can work, kids going back to school. Um, whilst travel is a desire, it's not going to be a top priority. So, um, you know, coming to that realization slowly, I mean, if uh, I don't know if it would have been better if one knew um, from day one of lockdown that, listen, you know, uh, just prepare for six months versus hopeful, hopeful, hopeful till um, finally the penny drops, as everyone keeps saying right now that um, the news is that not in the foreseeable future. It is extremely painful, um, simply because, you know, one has to not only look at the small businesses that we've been supporting along our way, that's what our brand is about. It's about um, a network um, of small businesses that we collaborate with to provide you this authentic experience. So it is a value, it's not just sole traveler that has to come to a devastating halt, but it is the small businesses that we've been supporting that form part of the experience that um, are part of this devastating impact. So I don't think <clears throat> even in my um, devastation, I, I can actually put in a figure of the collateral damage um, this pandemic has, not just um, for myself as an entrepreneur, but we are, we pride ourselves as being the, um, the weavers of dreams. So, um, you know, we provide the context of the smaller, of the other dreams as part of our ecosystem. So it's not just the dream of Soul Traveler that's died, it's the dream of many other dreams that make the collective. So it's, it's exceptionally devastating. And I just, I haven't had the, what's the word? I haven't had the capacity um, to fully, you know, um, embrace uh, how big this is. You know, one, generally in a business, you think of yourself and your staff, you know, but, you know, when the business relies on, on so many others around, the rippling effect is, is huge. And um, I don't think we have even come to that realization. That devastation will only be known once we can get out of our houses and really see the effect. Yeah, yeah. And this is, yeah. and this yeah. is uh, just going back to your point about the penny dropping and, and you know, wh whether we could have done better knowing... Um, from the start that it was a six month closure and all of that stuff. I mean, to be fair, nobody knew and still nobody knows. So it's Absolutely. not that it's not that statement isn't a blame statement, but it's a, it's, a, it's, it's the reality of being an entrepreneur in a business that is literally level one, you know, anything to do with restaurants, travel salons, being entrepreneur in these businesses, it's been a 100% full stop. And 
it's taken weeks for us to actually realize what's actually yes. what's happening. It's taken weeks. The it's gone yeah. from shock to optimism will be all right to no problem. I'm going to figure out how to solve this to what? You, hang on, hang on. It's dying. Yeah. And then yeah. grief, grief, yeah. major grief. Yes. Um, major, major grief. Yeah. Major grief. Yeah. So I just want to talk about then, I mean, we understand, we know, we understand these things. Um, we, we're there. We, we, we're here. We're here. We're now. <laughs> I want to, I want to talk to you about the entrepreneur in you. Mm. The, that, that spirit of the entrepreneur in you that somehow some way even in the worst case scenario which is exactly where we are uh, that entrepreneur in you what what's how is it coming out how is it manifesting itself and so we are now what on day 33 of the pandemic mm -hmm. um so i'm going to talk about how i'm feeling today Mm -hmm. but maybe before that providing context of the last 33 days. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so the entrepreneur in me, the last 33 days has had just waves of um, panic, optimism, grief, shock, all that you've said earlier. Um, and still the belief of that can do attitude. We can rise out of this because we are intrinsically optimistic. Well, I'm intrinsically optimistic and always trying to find, you know, the silver lining. That's how I'm wired. Um, and sometimes fall into the gray parts of the cloud and quickly go back to the silver lining. So the last couple of days, the realization, firstly, the realization that business as it stands is no longer relevant and therefore I have to have the conversation. Um, with myself, with my partners, and with my team, that it needs to end. So um, that, and and actually speaking that into existence, um, was bittersweet because a it provides me the clarity that okay this has happened, now what? Now I can get into admin and work mode. Last night, actually, um, because it's been a couple of days that this has finally sunk in and, um, you know, I've got to deal with the aftermath of it all. Last night, I actually just got on my knees and cried like a baby. Took my rosary and prayed and cried and said, you know what? I surrender. Like, I literally said it out loud. I surrender. I have, I, I think I emptied my soul and emptied my mind of trying to find the solution. And strangely, I think I found the solution while sleeping because um, that's what happens with us. We get to that moment of, listen, the answer's not gonna come from me. The answer's gonna come from wherever this original dream came from. The original dream of the business that I have did not come from me. It came from somewhere else, an inspiration. 
So that inspiration needs to come back again and solve this. And so today I feel strong. I mean, I've opened my laptop, I'm checking my emails, you know, um, the, the news from my suppliers who want money, you know, I'm not afraid to read those emails. Right. I'm, you know, I'm like, Hey, okay, I can, I can, I can read this. You want money? I don't have it. Okay. I can answer you. You know, I'm not feeling sick to my stomach, which is what I've been feeling the last day three days so i think the entrepreneur in in me knows that i've got to unburden myself you know because we carry the burdens of everyone and once i decided to unburden myself and just literally say i surrender i don't know i had some clarity of some new ideas that i did not have before whether the ideas are going to work or not that's besides the point is that just that for the first time, I received new information. Mm. Mm. A new energy. That's, that's it. I have a new energy and, um, of and, how to deal with the next four months. And, uh, and what's interesting about what you said about um, feeling better in a way, because being indecisive as an entrepreneur is is a no-no you are you and, and yeah. the problem with this pandemic and the and the first sort of 30 days so to speak is that you're going from one decision quote unquote to the next yeah. because that one decision yeah. is oh my god it's pan next decision is oh my god we're going to be fine you know and so on and this and that kind of uh fluctuation as an entrepreneur is okay. very difficult because we because one of the biggest superpowers of an entrepreneur certainly one of mine is i can be very decisive very quickly i don't yes i don't I, and i'm prepared to live with the consequences of a bad decision uh, yes. because that's that's just life but i will go with my instinct i would make a decision straight away and and boom 90 percent of the time it's the right decision or and if it's the wrong one eh, it's life and we move on right exactly so one of yeah. this one of these one of the problems that we've been experiencing is this is this oh, difficulty in making yes. this decision because it's it seems mammoth it seems mammoth yes. um mm. so i like what you said about how you know last night you just dropped it all and let it go and basically the superpowers jump in and and help you move forward yeah absolutely you know um and we are as busy as we are i mean generally entrepreneurs seem to be hectically active you know always doing you know but i think that somehow we have the ability to go quiet and our quiet goes right down you know we go deep within our quietness to then get that energy to do and act mm. you know so we that is i think that is our superpower the ability to go within and mine those thoughts and mine those ideas and see clues everywhere that people can't see you know mm. we can you can be in an uber and you see a truck with the sign on that says whatever you know and you're going yeah that's a good idea you know <laughs> i'll apply that in my business and person sitting next to you goes what it was just a delivery truck i'm like no but didn't you see the message on there you know 
so we are always in tune with the flow of the world you know and um and with that when panic comes that means that we're in flux and no longer in tune so we have to act quickly and when things come as you say when things come you are responding quickly this inability to respond um has been the worst part of the pandemic is that you just can't respond because you know that there's a curveball that's coming at you you just know it mm. um i think in my heart i knew there was going to be an extension if i think about it i knew i was sick the first day because when i realized when i couldn't do my spread sheet projections of the 21 days i knew in my heart that something is wrong here because we are intuitive right entrepreneur by design is an in, is an intuitive being right we are always creating the future we are we are we are birthing new ideas all the time that's that's who we are um and and many ideas come through us all the time because we are in tune in within that plane um within that realm of dreams and creation we are co-creators um so that ability to go deep within yourself it doesn't have to take meditation or a prayer but that that is our life you know our life is constant meditation constantly being in flow with life and what life wants to birth and give and do that is who we are so i think decision and clarity is something that's important to me and once you're decided like a warrior you put on that arm and you're ready to be shot and you're ready to go 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 that's us good decision or bad decision go. just it's a decision just and go. we love decisions because decision. it makes decisions it makes are you can work with decisions yeah exactly we can work with decisions yeah of soul traveler um um through my own soul journey and spiritual experience to say i had enjoyed travel so much but um and i needed context while traveling i needed to understand because i'm curious of various cultures um i'm curious of connectivity with other people it's about how people gather together around a meal and that meal is so important and communicate so many things so um and my my curiosity was how do i turn that into a business because that's what i enjoyed i had been given other business to solve I, i wanted to have a business that was intrinsically linked to what interests me mm. and so not been provided so this is a really interesting point because the next my next question was you know why travel and now what as in why did you go into the travel business and now again i hear you know same with me same with uh Tom Bentley who i spoke to yesterday i hear you saying that you birthed soul traveler as a solution to a problem that you were having and the, that problem being you you enjoyed travel but you wanted context around your travel mhm absolutely Right. So this is why you went into the business of travel. Yes. So I had traveled extensively because of my work in corporate 
and just if 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 you know me all my money is spent on travel i just i enjoy uh, new experiences and i've always been curious and actually that also comes from my family we were not paid in money for the for the work that we did over the holidays we were paid in holidays so we're paid in travel and um and so that was very interesting for me um to then realized because I believe that we all, as an entrepreneur, there's, there may be many things that you do on the side, you know, um, sell this, sell that, um, you know, there's an opportunity to uh, make a profit with that. But then there's that just one calling, that one business that's actually been waiting for you, you know, that, that you so, um, that is so linked to your purpose and so linked to who you are that it's just a natural thing. Um, and so for me, travel was that. And to provide context to travel, uh, which is answering my own personal need, I realized that there were so many people who needed that. Right. And um, so, and, and how was I going to actually provide the mechanics to be able to do that, to make travel with context easy? You may arrive in Turkey and you only need context if you know a local. But what if you don't know local? What happens then? Right, right. And so that was my mission to solve that. That I need to go to a place that I feel like I know as much as a local within the shortest space of time. So, yeah. um, so Soul Traveler um, is in a really difficult position now um with this pandemic how what what now what's going to happen is it is it over or are you going to hold on for a bit and press the pause button are you going to what are you going to do and how are you going to be and any regrets so penny um tell us what has been your entrepreneurial journey so far have you always been an entrepreneur? Did you ever have a job? I actually did have a job um, <laughs> for a very short while. I think I was the reluctant entrepreneur. So actually, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. So my father was um, in business. It was part of our, my childhood um, to work in my father's business. So all four of us children um, our um, school holidays and um, after school activities was helping my dad in his business. Um, I come from a very small town in, in Guazulu called Empangeni. And my father had a, a, a tender, well, let's just call it, to run the um, first black run country club, which had a restaurant um, and a stadium. Um, so we ran a lot of um, events, weekend events, and obviously a restaurant business um, during the week. So stock taking was ingrained in me, um, cashing up sales, um, you know, coming up with menus, um, you know, just coming up with ways to attract customers, closing times, opening times. So it was our family activity, you know. Um, our jokes were about, you know, stock taking you know opening and closing stock um and staff scheduling so um that was just my my family's way of life um and as i got older and finished um school and studied 
um, definitely being an entrepreneur was something I was not going to do. I had seen the anxiety of my father. I had seen uh, what it had done to my family. Uh, my father lost the business. I see, I'd, I'd seen all of the ups and downs of an entrepreneur. You know, one minute there's large amounts of cash. And the next minute we are worried about cash flow and getting stock to get the business running. So I, I knew that and I was not going to do that. I wanted something more stable and more secure. So after I studied, I first studied hotel management and then um, went into the hotel industry business, um, which was hectic in terms of hours. And um, by pure chance, I uh, was approached to join a, um, a transforming business, which was the current Transnet. It was Spurnet at the time. So they paid for my studies and I was quite happy to get into corporate um, got into corporate as a public relations officer, studied um, communications, which they paid for. And, you know, it was a happy life, a great salary, um, great trajectory. Um, became one of the top 1,000 managers at a very young age, at 23. Um, so was quite happy being in corporate. But at the time, I was married to an entrepreneur, you know, who um, had that same blood and drive like my father. And um, somehow I landed up with my second child, realizing that corporate is not all that it, that it, it, it doesn't give me the satisfaction, um, that, that adrenaline rush that I was used to. Um, nobody's at that fast pace like I am. You know, decisions take long to be made. Mm. Um, I knew decisions being made overnight, you know, or on the road. Um, before we open and then being changed when we get off the car, you know, that's, <laughs> that's what I knew. So I uh, met a woman who was running a, a marketing and communications business. And at the time I really wanted something different. And um, I then was able to acquire 51% of shares in that business. And um, that's literally how I jumped ship from corporate to being an entrepreneur. Hmm. But this time it's a services business and obviously not um, a product uh, based business, which is restaurant and um, I mean, restaurants is service, but there are products being sold. There is an opening and a closing balance. This right. is now coming up with a um, solutions to business and how they can operate optimally. Okay. That was a big learning curve for me and I obviously enjoyed it. It's something that I had studied and enjoyed. And at the time it was 1999 and there was a boom for um, companies to transform their businesses, you know, um, in the new dispensation post uh, 94. Um, this was about, you know, how do we integrate black economic empowerment? Um, how do we um, handle transformation within our staff? How do we integrate the various cultures within business? So very much about tone of language, um, you know, what are the communication tools that one can use in these new environments? So um, very exciting projects that I worked on. Uh, some of them actually, the transformation of tourism. Remember our, our landscape, our provinces, you know, people could not travel between provinces much like the pandemic actually could not travel between provinces um, because of race. There were so many factors um, within the landscape of this country that were about segregation and exclusion, and uh, the communication needed to be about inclusion. 
um, and um, social cohesion. So exciting times from 1999 to 2004. 2004, my business had a real pivot, and that pivot was um, the sudden interest from international luxury brands coming into the continent because, you know, um, economically we were booming. There was a, a, a budgeting middle class, um, specifically a black middle class. And um, um, I won, my business won the account to manage uh, the luxury brand Louis Vuitton to come onto the continent. And um, they looked for um, uh, communications companies and mine, the one that they picked. And that literally changed my life. Um, so suddenly I was working with international brands. Um, I became known um, as the as the one as the go-to uh, person. So um, my entrepreneurial journey, obviously, in that space, became very much about servicing others in terms of providing context for South Africa, the context for your business to thrive. And um, very successful at that until I sold the business in 2008 and 2009. Then crashed, meaning I had my own personal burnout um, because I was working so much. And then came the birth. To give us one of your, just on a practical note, this is real practical note stuff. On a practical note, can you give us one of your real-life practical business tips? One of those things that no one could have taught you, no one could have warned you in advance, but because you've been in it for so long, you, you realized this is, people need to know this. Do you have one? Well, I, I, yeah, I have one, and I have one. One is about choosing um, partners that are aligned to your values. That's been my biggest lesson. Mm. Um, I've had several business partners uh, and probably have divorced more business partners <laughs> than most. And I realize in, in learning what kind of values, and I'm talking all values because it's quite easy when you hear, you know what, it's to own 10% of 100 million than 100% of one rand. That may be true, but um, that percentage and the others that are part of it. Bad times. You need to know how they respond to crisis and how you and them are able to support one another in those crises, and that is about asking the hard questions you know there are prenups before you get married there are shareholders agreements before you start a business and generally what we all do is we take the standard document and never pull it apart well you need to get that document and pull it apart and act as if it's going to end within the next week. Yeah, yeah. If I am, something is happening to me in my personal life, for example, and I need more money than my business partners, what do we do? You know, what do we do? Because 
as you know, entrepreneur, the chips are down and the business needs me, you know, it's kind of, you know, um, you know, so all of us will not be taking salaries, you know, um, and our personal lives handle that, you know, you need to ask those tough questions um, and be brutally honest so that the corporate does the fan, you can go back to those answers and realize that you are either aligned or not aligned because that's a huge impact on your business yeah wow that's uh that's a very powerful um tip there uh i i i remember in i've got a whole chapter actually in one of my books uh the book that i wrote uh, called open your own salon the right way talking about partnerships and um discussing the fact that no matter who you're starting your business with or deciding to partner with in your business that you must especially if they are quote unquote your best friend or family member that you must put together a contract in advance literally line by line stating everybody's role in the business what you are expected to do on a day by day month by month basis and uh, but you're going even deeper uh, and suggesting that one should even look at crisis management and um, cash flow and how and how it's and how it's used in a crisis in that partnership which you know honestly partnerships are can be magical but they can also be very very destructive yeah so i'm yeah. also going to drop my little uh tip here my little practical real life business tip and one of them is and it was a recent one that we that we implemented last year uh where i needed some information from my accountants because we were moving on to another level uh, with the business we were scaling and uh and it and the accountants literally forced me to cough up something like forty-seven thousand rand just to get some uh our financial statements done which all along i had i thought that they were doing them all along turns out that they weren't because of course as an entrepreneur you don't care about your financial statements if you're not looking for money or anything like that you know how it's running your business you're running your business and it, you know and you, the cash flow is there and so on and then suddenly when you decide to scale up and, and head out and look for investors you need uh, audited financial statements so then i go oh guys can i have my financial statements and then they tell you later that they haven't prepared them and that each one is going to cost 15k or something like that. So I was in shock. And I remember at the time thinking, hold on, guys, you've been doing my VAT returns on a monthly, PAYE on a monthly. I'd never get any uh, management accounts. Um, you know, what, what am I actually paying for? I'm always paying, 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 paying for your services. And then I, so I decided, uh, guys, we have to separate. I want to run our own account straight from Sage, Sage, uh, from an accounting yeah. app, basically. I want to run this account from an accounting app. And I want you to hand over, hand over all of our profiles with SARS, with the, with the revenue service, hand over. That process of, of detaching from our accountants and getting them to hand over our, our profiles with the tax office 
took something like nine months and cost something like close to over 40,000 rand. And it was painful, painful. And at the Mm. time, and after that whole thing happened, and I ended up spending hours in in the SARS office in the South African uh, Revenue Service office trying to reestablish myself and my business partners as the account managers, uh, I realized that it should have been done this way from the start. So my practical tip is when you're starting a business or even if you own a business right now, go and make sure that you have full access to your uh, tax filing account and that you have full access to your online uh, accounting tool. And then you can invite your accountant into your own profiles. You don't have to run it all the time, but you can invite the accountant to come into your e-filing profile and your online accounting app. And then if anything goes wrong, you can always take over and and reestablish yourself as the, the person who manages it. So it's a major tip. And I think you should definitely try it. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Um, um, there's actually a line in the movie that I used to um, live by. You need to be able to leave any relationship within five minutes. Ooh. <laughs> when the purple hits the fan. So that means you need to be close to your money, your money and everything with regards to your money. Right. You have to be on top of it. You should not have to ask permission to access your own monies. Can you imagine? That, that's, that is just not, a issue, just not available. Just, you, and any relationship that you have in the business, you should be able to end it, not nine months prolonged ending. Right. Because, because, that, because now you are, you know, it's about the money. I mean, it's about ending this relationship and not you running your business. Exactly. Exactly. That and how much away from, yeah. It was, a, it was, it really was a lesson. So, um, Penny, thank you so much for this conversation. I wish uh, Soul Traveler uh, magic and miracles and power and energy. Um, I love this idea of the pause button and the, and the continued relevant marketing during the pause to create that confidence and emotional appeal that you were talking about. So thank you so much for this chat. And once again, entrepreneur to entrepreneur, it is and has been inspiring. Keep us going. Stay alive. Yes, we are in active recovery uh, mode right now. Okay, so the last question about any regrets. Any regrets? Absolutely no regrets. Um, that's one thing I'm sure of. I'm not. I'm not regretful of of any decisions I've made to get to this point. Um, where to from here? I think that um, in my heart and soul, I know that this business is what people need, but the people need to be okay first. (laughs) And um, currently the people are not okay, you know, so, and once they are okay, 
context and traveling is going to be just so much more relevant and important. I won't have to be doing the education that my business has needed to do to make you realize just how much you need this. Yeah. I think the education is being done for me because I'm seeing, I'm now seeing this as an opportunity where people have been disconnected and now seeing the value of connection. So the relevance of my business is going to be just so magical and powerful and so needed that I'm going to have to pause. I don't know what that pause means, but pausing is what I need to do. And I need to trust that the pause is a good thing. Mm. And in pausing, how do I remain relevant and, um, and available so that I'm top of mind when the people are okay and are ready to connect again? So that's, that's how I'm seeing this period. Uh, that's an amazing response. Amazing response. I absolutely love that. That's just so inspiring. I love that. I love what you said about the fact that people are going to need it more than ever. The re the reconnection uh, and pause. Uh, as 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 I see it, as an entrepreneur, pausing in this time is is about pausing the costs, the ongoing costs. If the costs can be paused, then the Perfect. business can still you know be reignited at the other end when it's time for to be reignited the other thing is that if in the meantime while that pause button has been pressed as in the cash going out has been stopped you continue to market with relevance to remind to remind people that you're still here and to keep your brand front of mind it's still there it, you know, it, the, so you can press pause, stop the costs, but keep marketing so that when people are ready to come out to play, they're choosing you. Absolutely. And also confidence is going to be a big thing when it comes to travel. So um, all businesses need to be aware that it's going to be about emotional appeal. That's going to be critical in terms of because people are emotionally drained. So emotional appeal is going to be critical and confidence in that is the space that I'm entering safe, not only emotionally safe, but just physically safe. So um, in the pause period, it's got to be a pregnant pause. It's got to be a, a pause about recovery. And it's an active recovery pause where the business will then restart, but it's starting from a point of all those um, uh, things that are responding to confidence have been taken care of. Right. That one is top of mind. Because, you know, when you name a business, you know, uh, and I think I just want to just talk about just naming the business. When you name it, as ours is called soul traveler, you know, yes. So the soul requires people, but at the same time, the soul is also just as strong on its own and it does need pause. So I've, I've had to look at it from a spiritual perspective and say, I named this business soul traveler. What does the soul need right now? And the soul needs to just pause. 
So let it pause, but it, it's not dying. Um, a soul never dies. It just changes form. So what is it that, what is that changing form look like? And, um, and it's to be able to stay in the question. So yes, marketing efforts, um, you know, the social media interaction um, is going to be so critical at this point and, um, and, and just pausing the costs, pausing yes. the drainage. Yes, yes. pausing the costs. Um, uh, I love what you said about soul and soul traveler and, uh, and the fact that the soul needs a pause and you're just taking that from real life soul into soul traveler soul. So uh, very powerful, very powerful, lovely, lovely chatting with you. I just um, going to ask you. So what can we take away from that conversation? I think that uh, the first thing is if your business is in the same situation as Soul Traveller Tours or Miss Salon London, uh, my salons, which are all expected to only reopen in level one, which could be up to five, six months from now. Um, I think that it is important to remember the following. Um, our businesses will be super essential once um, this pandemic has passed uh, and more so than ever. People will want to get together and enjoy uh, real services that offer, you know, real connections and enjoyment. Um, so there's that. So the question is, is can your business go on a real pause for that period and when I say pause I mean really stop bleeding any cash whatsoever uh, because the ability to keep on paying either even some overdraft fee or uh, insurance or any kind of rent um, rates etc will mean taking cash out of your own personal money which has potentially come to a standstill because you were getting paid from your business. So the question is, is can your business really go on uh, on pause? Will your landlords help you? Will the bank, will the landlords agree to stop charging you altogether or charge you a, 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 a goodwill amount? Uh, will the banks stop charging you on your loans or your overdrafts etc i found that we don't have loans but we have an overdraft and that continues to incur monthly costs um and will uh the uif continue to pay your staff in the meantime so if your business can pause or you can calculate how much it will cost if for example you came to an agreement with your landlords that for every month you're not trading this is you know there's an amount that you pay say for example you agreed 2,000 rand a month or something and you calculate that if you're closed for the next four or five months that's going to come to a total of you know 
eight, 10, 15,000, whatever it is, and your insurance is so much and so da-da-da, and you kind of put a, a total figure on how much it will you will have to spend over the next so many months to uh, while you're closed, then maybe you can, maybe you have that amount and you can say, okay, this is the agreed amount and I will continue to hold on until we start to trade again. If you can do that, then do it because at the other end, your business will do well. Till next time. <laughs>